Hey, it's the Bojack Horse Friends. Welcome to Sorry, Bojack no, Horse Friends. Okay, wait, no, no, we're not doing. Uh, we hello. Hi. So yeah, we're we're in Auckland. Lockdown level three has commenced thanks to some community transmission from that dastardly virus sneaking its way. Bloody COVID nineteen, we're talking about here. Yeah, bloody SARS-CoV-2. Our government's acted very quickly, and so we've been chucked back into a two-week lockdown in Auckland. And to those who are listening from overseas, we won't tell you that that's bad, because comparatively, we're doing a lot better than most of you are. Yeah, so sorry about that. And I'm really, really sorry about all the COVID deniers out there. Oh, I know. I feel I feel guilty somehow that they exist. Okay, so uh, in case you're wondering what we're rambling on about, we are the BoJack Horse Friends. This is our podcast where we talk about BoJack. Jack Horseman, and sometimes we get very sidetracked. Very <laughs> sidetracked. Complete nonsense instead. My name is Ben. I am Ashton Brown. Do we say our last name? I don't know. We can do. I'm Ben Moore. Well, I have now. I, I oh. am. I, I, well, we've both done it now. Well, you're going to be doxxed now. We're going to become doctors. Yes, we're going to be docs. We're going to become doctors. Much needed at this time of civil unrest. <laughs> well, I'm glad we can do our part. <laughs> um, uh, so we wanted to start off this episode. That's episode six. We've, met, we've, we've stuck to this for six whole episodes. And it's pretty impressive, really. How you like me now, mum? All those reports that said I didn't have an attention span. <laughs> I reckon, and, and we're definitely proving that fact correct, given that we can't even get to talking about the fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> the other night, me and uh, Ian, my girlfriend, we, we were sitting in bed, and we did a, do you have adult ADHD test, do, you, know, you know, online. I was like, did it say you had cancer? <laughs> <laughs> So at the time, like, we were, I don't know, we were talking about something else, and then we got distracted by this, do we have adult ADHD <laughs> test? And we did it, and she got, like, yeah, you might have a little bit, and mine was like, alert, alert, probably, <laughs> you probably have ADHD. And I was like, ah, oh, damn it. Do you know, every time I've done that online ADHD test, I don't think I've gotten past question three before I've gotten distracted. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, that's this very telling. This is uh, episode six. We're talking about BoJack Horseman's Netflix, the show on BoJack Horseman Netflix. <laughs> You're right, man. It... What is wrong with me? <laughs> what, ben, what Ben's trying to say is that we're up to episode six and what we're talking about is the Netflix TV series, a Netflix original called BoJack Horseman. And episode six is called Our A Story is a D Story. And first of all, what we wanted to do, we've been talking a little bit about our social media. Uh, so here's some cool people who we know have been listening. My mum. Hey, hey, mum. How you doing? Hey, Mrs. Ben, mum. A big shout out to the the Reddit, the people on the Reddit who have who have commented. So we've got user Stumpy Shocky, uh, user Out of the Sea of Life, and user Monkey on an Oar. So hey, guys, if you're still listening, thanks. And if you're not still listening, fuck you guys for giving yeah. up on us. <laughs> <laughs> what could be more important than this? Um, could I give a quick shout out? I've got a couple of students at the high school that I coach acting at who have been tuning in. I don't know how I feel about that, but it's great to have them <laughs> on board. One of them's even um, now watching the show as a direct result of us making the podcast. So every little thing oh, we can excellent. do to make a new BoJack horse friend out there. And another shout out to my brother-in-law who is over in England and his builder mates who um, apparently are enjoying the podcast on a fortnightly basis. 
too. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Keep those yeah. butt, keep those butt cracks shining and keep Bojack Horse Friends playing loud. I hope we didn't distract you from your important work and make you hit your thumb with a hammer comically. We know very little about building. <laughs> <laughs> Nails. Um, <laughs> And a shout out to Mikey and his band. Mikey is your brother. Yes, he is. I don't is. know why I'm shouting out to your brother. Well, you, I, I don't really like him. So, <laughs> And his band Outside In. Check them out. Progressive rock band from New Zealand. Check them out on Spotify. Yeah, they're like number 11 on the New Zealand singles, singles chart this, this, which is pretty this awesome. week. Yeah, which is cool. And yeah. if they're being a prog band in a country that only listens to to not prog. <laughs> yeah, it's quite <laughs> impressive, really. Yeah, yeah. So Outside In, check them out. On Twitter, there's John D. Author, who is a talented kind of writer as well and very, very enthusiastic about TV. Really cool to have his his feedback as well. It was really interesting. My mate in Melbourne, Josh. Oh, hey, hey Josh. I know Josh. Hey, dude. You know Josh. How you doing, Josh? Josh, hope Karen's well. <laughs> <laughs> this is all... Hope Karen's well, Josh. Um, put the bins out. <laughs> <laughs> And like, what's been crazy is looking at the, the stats on the old site uh, and looking at the places that people are listening from. So obviously, like our biggest listener base at the moment is New Zealand, but got, you know, listeners in Australia and the UK, as you mentioned, a few people in the USA and one listener who said he was from Texas, which is pretty cool. And then some really like uh, unexpected places, Egypt, India, the Netherlands, the Philippines, Japan, Mexico, Turkey. Finland, France, Germany. So, you know, hey, guys, cool. Yeah. Hey, that's really awesome. A lot of those places are not New Zealand. Yeah, most of them are not <laughs> New Zealand, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. We really appreciate each and every one of you, wherever you are yeah. and whoever you may be. If you want to shout out by name or username or whatever, hit me up uh, on one of the social media places and we'll be like, yeah, hey, Franklin from Indonesia. <laughs> What's up? It's quite a common Indonesian name. Um, <laughs> I believe. Or if you're listening to this and you're like, fuck, these shout-outs pretty much are taking up way too much time, you're probably not going to message us for a shout-out because you're probably like, this is fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a shout-out podcast now where basically all we do is shout-out to people. So do you want to talk about the... Do you want to give our descriptions, like our plot outlines? Oh, the... wait, before we do that, I want to... Yes. Oh, new segment alert. New segment alert. Uh, new... New, new segment uh, alert. A couple of episodes ago, we were talking about like what um, 90s sitcom child actors were up to in, in particular oh, reference. JTT. Yeah, JTT, the 90s sitcom actor. And I thought, let's crank a new segment where each week one of us will have done a bit of research on another 90s child sitcom actor and <laughs> okay. bring, it, bring it in. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, and we're going to call that 90s sitcom child actors what are they doing do they do they do things do they do let's things? find out um so i have done a bit of research now on taryn noah smith now all of you guys immediately connect with that name probably there's a poster that you can make eye contact with across the room right now <laughs> and stare into those dreamy eyes but for those of you who don't know he played the youngest son uh, mark on the TV show Home Improvement, who went through a, went through a goth Sticking phase. with the Home Improvement theme? Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, well, why not? There's three kids. That's, you know, three weeks worth of content. I looked into what he was up to. So he was cast as the youngest member of the, the Tool family. What's the, the, the name of that family? I called the them... The Tool family. The, the, um, the Tools. 
shit. What was his name? Tim the Toolman Taylor. Family. I want to say Tim Allen because he, his acting... Tool, it's Taylor, I Taylor. just said. Tim, oh, the Toolman. Oh, yeah. He was cast in 1991 and then he launched himself into an acting career which included an episode of Seventh Heaven, a okay. single episode of Batman Beyond, the animated oh, great, series. great show. Yeah, yeah. And of course... His biggest credit, the movie Little Bigfoot 2, The Journey Home. <laughs> <laughs> so when you said launched, <laughs> and when I said included such things, I meant these three things. Um, <laughs> um, and then his IMDb career ended in 1999, which was consequently the year Home Improvement stopped airing. He, he, he's married now, though, and um, oh, the nice. marriage sparked a lot of controversy because he got married when he right. was 17 and she was 16 years older than him. Oh, wow. Yeah, and now he is a vegan. <laughs> what a career. So, Taryn Noah Smith, where is he now? Well, he who cares is the result of that search. <laughs> so, Ben, next week, I want you to find out about the oldest brother of the Home Improvement Kids, Brad, Brad Taylor, who I believe yeah. is Zachary T. Y. Bryant, which I actually know off the top of my head, which is not that sad. Yeah, it is sad. So there you go. Yeah. There's our new new segment over alert. New uh, s- segment <laughs> over alert. Good. Uh, great. Thanks. Thanks for that update. You're welcome. Uh, I mean, good thing is there were so many terrible sitcoms in uh, the '90s that we're going to have plenty of fodder for this segment. <laughs> I think like. Uh, Full House is going to keep us going for the <laughs> at least the rest of the run. Yeah, but I also guarantee that in four episodes' time, we will have A, gotten bored of this segment, or B, just forgotten about it entirely. Yeah, I'll probably be doing a, a Are You ADHD test on my phone <laughs> or something. <laughs> oh, shit, I was meant to finish that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, let's go to our okay. summaries of the episode. You go first. Our A story is a D story. After a totally ridiculous pissing contest trying to impress Diane, Bojack drunkenly steals the D from the Hollywood sign. Todd is in prison and can't decide whether to join the neo-Nazis or the the Latin King gang. (laughs) Peanut Butter helps Bojack get rid of the D by taking it to present to Diane himself. She hates it, but he makes it up to her, kinda, and they get engaged, which is always a great way to save a relationship. Bojack fails to post Todd's $50 bail, and so a race war breaks out in the prison. Alright, good. As always, quite a um, a sensible and, and well-outlined outline from Ben. Um, Thank you. Here's mine. Bojack and Diane return from a business trip closer than ever, making Peanut Butter jealous. Peanut Butter and Bojack get competitive for Diane's affection, but will they both just end up pushing her away? Todd is in prison for some reason, and until Todd can get the $50 he needs to make bail, he is courted by two rival gangs trying to get him to join them. Bojack steals the D from the Hollywood sign. Will this make Diane finally love him? Mr. Peanut Butter proposes to Diane. Bojack gets drunk quite a lot, and Diane says yes to Mr. Peanut Butter. Cool. That was it. Yeah. That was it. I posted a lot of questions for a blurb. <laughs> We're quite similar, really, our, our uh, wrap-ups, our, our plot wrap-ups. Indeed. It shows that it was quite a specific episode in terms of what stands out. Yeah, I mean, we talked a bit about this before before the podcast in prep, but it's not like a hugely exciting episode. It's entertaining, and I enjoyed watching it. But, like, does anything happen? Todd's B storyline, which is who he always has, you know, which is the side story of him in prison, really steals this episode for me, though. 
Totally. It's way more interesting. We get, like, some vague progression on, like, Diane and Bojack's relationship. And what's interesting is we do get to see the start of the breakdown of Peanut Butter and Diane's relationship, which ironically starts when they get engaged. Although not ironically, if you consider a lot of the ways that people get engaged these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Todd's story is really cool. I really enjoy it in this one. Why is Todd in prison in this episode? I don't know if I just overlooked it or if they didn't explain it at all. No, no, it happens at the end of the last episode. He gets arrested for the David Boreanaz thing. Oh. So we do start off with like the pissing contest between Bojack and... Bojack and peanut butter. Yeah. So the question is, of course, do you have any stories of times when you've been in like these pissing contests trying to impress a girl by doing something ridiculous or? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can remember a specific event actually, and I, it's it, peacocking is so embarrassing. Um, it was it was at the beginning of my last relationship, um, which shows who got the girl, but it doesn't show who won because whoever didn't get the girl in that scenario definitely won. Um, not not to name names, but um, there was me and a, another comedian at a party, and we were both hitting on this girl, and it got to the point where we both took off our shirts, it, and it wasn't a bravado thing. We're both these overweight, soggy as dudes, um, but we were trying to outdo each other through making jokes. I think it was a drunk it was a drunk situation yeah, yeah so i don't really remember the result of it or why i thought that was a good idea and looking back on it i have so much hate for the person that was me there <laughs> yeah I, I I have been told that story from other people who were there at that time. I do not like you. the fact that other people have brought up that story to you because I would not have been referred to in a positive way in that story whatsoever. No, no, it wasn't that bad. It, to be honest, it was the only negative person in that story was the uh, the third party, not not you or the other comedian. Ah, so it was just a whole lot of people feeling sorry for these two deluded dudes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, yep. okay, I'm okay with that. I'm used to feeling... Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite accustomed to people just feeling sorry for me for taking my shirt off. Um, <laughs> so what about you? Have you ever gotten in a pissing competition that you've looked back on and been like, man, I'm a fucking fuckwit? Like, not really. But you know me and you know that I can get quite mean. Yeah. So, there, you know, there are definitely times when a guy has tried to peacock me and it switches a flick. Flicks a switch. <laughs> You're getting and... angry already. You're like, it switches a flick. I fucking kill the motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it flicks a switch. And I guess because my brand of mean is also funny and makes other people laugh. You know, there, there, there are definitely times that I can look back on and think like, was I too mean to that person? Yeah, yeah. Because he tried to be a dick. But I can't think of anything particular. But just certainly nothing on the extent of like Bojack and... Uh, and peanut butter you know buying lots of things or whatever mainly because i'm poor and uh, then they end up doing the inevitable thing which i've never really understood as a show of manliness and arm wrestling and i've never understood why having a strong forearm and wrist is some sort of sign that you're manlier than the person you're up against well i think it's just like it's that it's that happy medium between full-on wrestling <laughs> and like just flexing you know what i mean yeah but having like, said that then you challenge someone to a pinochle war and suddenly you're a pussy you know i can't keep up <laughs> <laughs> in fairness pinochle is hard 
So I would I would appreciate that. So like that yeah, Bojack and, and Peanut Butter are one up one upping each other, and he's like, I've bought everyone a Xbox, and I've I've bought the entire restaurant, and so on and so forth. And Diane calls this a fun but also ex- offensive display of extravagant wealth, <laughs> which I think most people just call golf. But you know, <laughs> that's that's a great call there. <laughs> Thank you. I wrote that joke myself. Well done. Well done. Well done. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like how that that small like one-upmanship thing results in Bojack buying the restaurant, which is called Elefante, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, that becomes an ongoing new location for the, the yeah. series right through. And it's such a it feels like one of those things that would just happen in an episode and never get referenced again. But the restaurant becomes a real like home away from home for Bojack. And there's a whole episode down the line about how his complete lack of oversight and management kind of is ruining the restaurant as well, which is really cool. It's really clever. It's a real sign of clever story writing when you can take something so throwaway as that him buying the restaurant and make it into an entire main setting and storyline in itself. There was a great little. I want to. I want to put out like a one of those little things in the show. Next door to the restaurant, there is a comedy place. Uh, and there's a sign on the top of the comedy place, like in, you know, in the, the slide in letters. And it's Paul F. Tomcat. Uh, no way. So a reference yeah. to the voice actor Paul F. Tompkins, obviously, but cleverly made it into an animal joke. Yeah, I thought that was a nice little touch. Uh, and so, yeah, eventually it ends as these things do with, you know, Peanut Butter just being like, let's go home, my love, to Diane, and they leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no matter how much bravado goes back and forth, Peanut Butter gets the final say by being like, I'm taking my girlfriend yeah. home now. Which is a huge comment on toxic masculinity because it's like look you know what at the end of the day you guys can flex and and piss and all the shit that you do as much as you want but at the end of the day like the woman has the choice of course (laughs) you know there's no winning i love how uh peanut butter diane's fallen asleep right now because the pissing contest has gone on for so long and she's so upset that they're still out and i can relate (laughs) to that so much there's nothing like falling asleep at a party or something and waking up and being like oh man i'm still out socializing one of the first times I ever went clubbing. And then, Ben told a really boring story, which isn't worth the day two it takes to download. Uh, anyway, that story's nothing. <laughs> That's a nothing story. Uh, do you have any I, absence? I, 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 what? What were you going to say? I was going to just reiterate that I did not enjoy your story at all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> hey, they can't all be winners. No, no, but it would be good if some of them were, Ben. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, What was your question? You had a question before I started bullying you on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So, Bojack. Bojack goes to the bar. Um, Oh, yeah. And he goes, "Uh, give me something to help forget my problems. And the bartender puts a bottle of cyanide on the counter. And he goes, yeesh, not that strong. And the bartender puts vodka. And he goes, what is this, breakfast? And she puts absinthe there and he goes, yeah, that's about right. My question was about absinthe. As far as I can tell, the only reason to drink absinthe is to tell people that you've drunk absinthe because it's disgusting and awful. Have you ever had it? Yes, yeah, I have. And the first time I had absinthe was with my mate Wade. And um, I'm pretty sure you're meant to have absinthe as shots, are you? Or are you meant to sip it? I don't know. Either way, we mixed it with Lyft. 
which is a like a, a, a lemon flavored fizzy drink. However, you're meant to have it. That's not one of the ways you're meant to have it. And we drank like quarter of a bottle each, and we're just completely fucked off it. Yeah, that's my absinthe story. Mixing it anything, with my... anything exciting happen in that nah, story? Nah, man. Nah. See, this is it. This is the thing about these stupidly over-alcoholized drinks. Because originally the whole thing of absinthe was that it, it had um, hallucinogenic properties, but they don't make it like that in most countries because it's illegal. Yeah. So the concept of absinthe is basically just drinking methylated spirits with lift, if you're me and yeah, Wade. Yeah, but it's okay because it's in a glass bottle. Uh, after that, basically, Bojack takes drinks so much absinthe and it leads to the birth of Hollywood. I love and again this is another plot point that becomes a staple of the entire next five and a half seasons of Bojack yeah I guess this is really very much a setup episode there's a lot of things being set up here Hollywood gets set up Elefante gets set up the end of Peanut Butter and Diane's relationship gets set up Bojack being in quotes love with Diane gets set up Bojack's really poor treatment of Todd gets really well set up. Yeah, yeah. Coming back to when they have the arm wrestle in the restaurant and Bojack wins and stands up to celebrate. The way he's standing, there's a menu on the, um, on like a display thing behind him. And the way Bojack's standing, it covers all, it covers the U, so it just says men. (laughs) That's a nice touch. So yeah, Hollywood was born when Bojack gets so drunk that he steals the D from the Hollywood sign because... Uh, earlier in in the episode, Peanut Butter gives Diane a pendant with a D on it because he's dependent on her, which is a weirdly toxic way to think about a relationship. But is that also? I know we were talking about this a few episodes ago, and I said I didn't know what a pun was. That's a pun, though, eh? Because it has that is two meanings. Yes. Yes. D. It's a pendant with a D. Yeah. And he's saying he's dependent on her. That's what we call a pun. Well done. Sorry, man, I, I completely tuned out. I'm just doing this ADHD test. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so um, so Bojack blacks out drunk, steals the D from the Hollywood sign, which now gives birth to Hollywood. Uh, can we pause for a second? I'm getting a phone call. This episode of Bojack Horse Friends is brought to you by a free text-to-speech website that Ben discovered. This is a professional podcast by professionals. Where were we? Uh, We were... So yeah, Bojack steals the D. Yes. And I'm never, never, never going to pretend I'm too mature not to find someone doing something with the D hilarious. That's true, yeah, yeah. Bojack giving Diane the D... It's a pretty, it's funny. Like, let's be real. It's it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. Um, yeah. And I like how um, Bojack finds out that the D's been stolen when he turn, He wakes up with a hangover and he turns on the news and our favorite uh, whale broadcaster from NSNBC, SEA, is speculating who might have stolen the giant D. Was it David Duchovny, DMX, Dick Van Dyke, and of course, Dane Cook, who we all know is a thief. Which is such a good joke. Hey, are we allowed to talk about Louis yet? Louis C.K.? Louis C.K. Are we allowed to talk about Louis C.K.? What do you mean allowed to? <laughs> well, because he was, you know, famously cancelled for being a sex criminal. True. And showing his, well, I suppose not legally a criminal, just morally a criminal, showing his junk to unwarranted. Anyway, it's bad. It's a bad, it's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. The show a... was really good, though. The oh, show was really good. I used to love the, the show Louis until I realized that all the jokes he were making about being a creepy sweaty dude were way too grounded in reality and then i stopped finding them funny and consequently stopped finding him appealing 
Yeah, that's the crazy thing about it, like with that show, is that some of the stuff he does, you're like, oh, what a brilliant representation of terrible things that happen. Yeah, and yeah. Like, holy shit, it's him. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. Just doing what he does. What uh, made you think of Louis C.K.? Is it us talking about stealing the D or something? No, no, no. Because um, he has the episode with Dane Cook. Oh, he does Do too. And don't yeah. they address the joke stealing? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he wants to get tickets for a show for his kid and Dane Cook is the contact. And so he goes up to Dane and they talk about it. And, and Louis like, look, I, I, I don't, I don't think you stole my material. I think what happened was you heard it. And then later on you had the idea because you write so much. So all the time that you didn't realize you were writing something that you had, had just come into the back of your head and you didn't realize it was somebody else's. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a really interesting idea of like, are you a thief? If you, hear something and then later on you don't realize that you have heard it and so you do it but i suppose at the end of the day like a quick google probably could fix that <laughs> i find it hard to believe that like a, a famous comedian on the scale of dane cook stealing another Holy shit, i just lost my headphones hang on professionals so sorry what were you saying dane cook it's just like i've heard lots about dane cook being a piece of shit joke stealing fuckwit but then mm. what strikes me is a comedian as big and popular as Dane Cook stealing another comedian's material from someone who is as big and as popular as Louis C.K. I don't understand that anyone would do that intentionally because it's just so obvious and so easy to get to the bottom of that yeah. Louis' justification in the episode is could be a fair explanation. I don't know. Because anyone that's under that level of scrutiny surely wouldn't do something that obviously. They're more likely to steal from some unknown comedian posting their set on Reddit than, like, stealing Louis C.K.'s material. I just thought it was, like, an interesting idea. Because, obviously, like, human memory is notoriously terrible. Oh, right? 100%. Like, you know, we create memories and we change memories. And, and so I still love the, you know, people calling out Dane Cook for what he has done because he should have done his due, due, due diligence. Oh, like, totally. That's the thing. He should have checked. Amy, he has the capability to do so. Amy Schumer is another one that gets hit up for joke stealing. Yeah. Apparently she stole some of Tosh's material. I mean, I don't really like either of those comedians personally, but joke yeah. stealing's not cool if it's intentional. And yeah, you're right. Even if it's accidental, maybe, you know, be a little bit more aware if you're doing something that sounds familiar. There must be people who they talk through these jokes with. I don't know. I just feel like if I was going to do a special or something like that, I would have practiced my jokes so many times and I would have just checked them. And, and uh, I just, I just, I find it bizarre that it slipped through the cracks like that. That's the benefit of the material I do. I literally just tell stories from my life and no other fuckwit has the same level of tragedy and the specificity of the stories I tell. We're talking about Louis C.K. though. Ever since that shit came out about that dude, I'm one of those people that, especially with a comedian who's telling stories that they're so, such an integral part of, I can't separate the art from the, the artist in that case. Yeah. So I had to stop listening to Louis C.K. because he it's just so became true. a creepy old man to me. And uh, it's really crazy because I loved Louis C.K. I thought some of his jokes were pretty problematic. Like he, he wasn't the most uh, sensitive to to kind of subtlety no. or gender politics. No, no. But his style of storytelling as a comedian is someone that I actually studied a lot as a comedian myself. That style of telling a story and that sort of self-deprecating charm and stuff. He was great. He was really, really brilliant. But he just, it just turned out that he was a creep. And and like you said, you can't separate that. I think 
that's a weird it's an interesting thing to think about actually like that separation of the person from the act mm. because you know the, the classic example is wagner the composer mm-hmm. who was a was a nazi essentially yeah we have the benefit of time and distance from that and also the fact that his work is so you know it's instrumental it doesn't rely on him as a person because it's played through other artists as well yeah yeah and then we got someone like louis ck who's kind of very connected to his work and i always think of the one that really really i found just the worst by far is the case of lost profits i knew you i do you know i was just thinking about lost profits and how much yeah. i liked like loved their music and what an integral part of me being a, an angsty teenager listening to yeah. rock music that was and now i if anyone dares play that i can't turn it off quickly enough it's horrible i, I literally cannot listen to it and i had all of their albums you know i bought their first album that wasn't released under a major label I listened to all of their stuff on repeat so many times. You probably had a Lost Profits nipple ring in the 2000s, <laughs> Ben, knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> Never pierced my nipples. They're far too small. Um, and, and the moment that that news came out, I like picked up the CDs and I put them in the bin. Yeah. And and I have not listened to Lost Profit since then and I never will again. No, and we're not um, going to go into what he did, but if you do want to know, do some research yourself and stop listening to them if you still are. <laughs> yeah yeah i do i mean i feel really bad though because there was a band there was a group of people yeah yeah they and were they were band. all pretty quick to distance themselves from that behavior as well totally they were like we had no idea it brings up that really interesting concept of cancel culture which is something that i find incredibly toxic in its own way i don't think cancel culture is something that anyone should be supportive of i think it's and a dangerous precedent we're setting for people to be able to create because it's it, too black and white. Uh, it's That's the way too with black it. and white, and we're not like a lot of things that are created under a set of circumstances in a different time are now being brought under a microscope, not taking into account the ability for someone to have learned and grown with the times. Yeah, and I'm not excusing. I I personally think if you don't like an artist because of something they've done, the strongest thing you can do is not support that artist. It doesn't Mm. mean that you have a right to go out there and be like, let's petition that this artist kills themselves. I guess like I I have so much empathy and understanding for all of those people who feel like they want to make a difference in the world of, you know, comedy and creativeness and to make a statement about, you know, what you, you can't, say these things like it doesn't matter who you are yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter what you've created you can, still cannot say and do these things but what really really frustrates me about cancel culture is the same thing that frustrates me about the judicial system and prisons yeah and that it is a punitive thing yeah it is punishment and people yes do we need to punish sometimes you know if somebody does something really terrible yes we need punishment but Punishment needs to be followed by rehabilitation. So much of it is this mob mentality where something is fed to someone and that's fed and then that snowballs and a lot of it's not based in any, like the people that are arguing and talking about it don't actually have any access to the facts themselves. Also, in an extreme case, like with the Lost Prophets, it is completely understandable for him and to some extent his music to be cancelled. What sucks is when somebody says something off the cuff and they are subject to the same amount of criticism and hate as, you know, somebody who's done the terrible things that that, that the, the front man from Lost Prophets has yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. 
And we pretend suddenly that because these people are in the spotlight of the media or whatever, for whatever their job is, entertainers, writers, actors, whatever, you know, that they're above learning and evolving and making mistakes and allowing the ability to grow and apologize. We take that away from people when we immediately result to wanting to just burn everything they stand for to the ground. Yeah. When, when somebody's famous, we create an idea of them. Yeah. And we instill that idea with simplistic concepts. So this person is funny and intelligent and yeah. good at sport or whatever. And we build them up as this really simplistic thing. And then we pop in something like, oh, and they said this horribly racist thing. So we put in this like, we put in like racist to this idea, right? They say one thing wrong and suddenly they're capital R racist. And that becomes their entire persona. And it precludes the ability of people to grow. And I do see the need for some sense of ac accountability for famous people. Don't get me wrong. I really think it's important. But we also need to be aware that we are dealing with people. Mm. Uh, but obviously, the, the, the real issue is that it's so black and white. And it's just yeah, like, yeah. you are cancelled or you are not cancelled. And there's nothing yeah, in the yeah. middle. And <laughs> just to clarify, like I'm the first person to call out like a comedian that I think is using their platform and, and the fact they have a voice in an audience. I'm the first person to call them out if I think they're being irresponsible. Yeah, and you a, have done, and you've got a lot of shit oh, from uh, it as heaps well. Heaps of shit from the industry in this country. Um, but I'm also a firm believer that A, people can change, and B, just because I say, hey, I thought that this was bullshit and I don't like that they did that, I'm not then rallying for their career to be cancelled. There's a huge difference between me wanting someone to accept that what they did was wrong and had the wrong intentions and the wrong outcome and thinking mm -hmm. that I have a right to destroy everything they've ever done in the eyes of public opinion. There's a huge leap between those two things. Yeah. Anyway, um... so Louis was a good show. <laughs> Dane Cook is a thief. Louis also a perverted sex criminal. Yeah, yeah. Stop using your your position of power to make women uncomfortable. You fucking psycho. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, everybody's trying to solve the mystery of who stole the D, and they're they're you know talking about all the the celebrities with a D in their name. And Bojack calls Princess Caroline, and she says, "I'm really busy right now with my deans, Kane, Norris, Winters, Kuntz." And so, of course, I had to figure out who all those people were because I can't leave it alone. I, 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 can I just say before you say, I know who <laughs> Dean Koontz is. He's a horror writer that I found way more accessible than Stephen King when I was younger. Oh, totally. Dean Koontz is definitely the, the most well-known of the four. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Dean okay. Kane? I was all excited. Dean Kane from uh, The Adventures of Lois and Clark? Yes! Hey, nice. Nice one. Okay, Dean Norris? No idea. Which proves You're going to kick didn't... yourself when I tell you this one. Okay. Breaking Bad's Hank Schaefer. Ah, oh, no! <laughs> Dean Winters, uh, you probably won't know this one, but no. he's 30 Rock's Dennis Duffy. I don't know. Dennis and also Duffy. he's in a show called Oz, which was a crime show. No, there was a prison show, a really, really successful prison, sh prison show. Yeah, that's what they tell me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's got these um, these prisoners, you know, trying to, trying to get a brain and a heart and courage and following the yellow brick road. <laughs> 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 It was a weird series. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then we've got, we cut back to Todd in prison and he's being, what, courted by two rival prison gangs because they both yeah, want him to join their gangs. The neo-Nazis and the Latin kings. Yeah. My favorite quote about this whole thing is a bit later on. And he says, 
I agree with the Latin kings on social issues, but fiscally, I'm more of an Aryan. <laughs> <laughs> and I also love how Todd's allowed to wear his beanie, not only in prison, but he wears it in the shower with a shower cap over it to keep it dry. <laughs> oh, oh, Todd. Oh, you card. And did you notice one of the classic prison tattoos that just says stab? <laughs> <laughs> At the beginning of the of Todd's thing, he he's in line at the lunch thing, and the, the guy next to him in line says, oh, you're new here, huh? That's okay. Stick by me, and you'll be all... And then somebody jumps out and just stabs him like 20 times, it's and there's so, blood going so everywhere. It's so funny. It's so ridiculous. And I, I, <laughs> it's such a classic bit of animated comedy, you know, like itchy and scratchy, you know, that, that kind of extreme violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was really interestingly funny and at the same time disturbing yeah yeah it really sits on that level and i think it, it, because of the context as well it brings out the disturbing part more of it than like itchy and scratchy does which is just stupid fun yeah and i love when we cut back to the prison after the hollywood's the d's been stolen someone's crossed off the d on the wall of the prison so it now yeah. says hollywood uh, max prison <laughs> so good and it stays like that forever yeah yeah um so basically, Todd needs 50 bucks to get out of jail, and Bojack, he keeps calling Bojack to try and get him to, to set his bail, and Bojack's too busy with his own bullshit, and yeah, he yeah. just doesn't do it because he's a bad friend. And, you know, that's kind of pretty much Todd's whole storyline. Uh, it's very much the two, two, two dates to the ball, and he has to try and balance between them. What kinda. movie is that from? I was trying to think, because that's a classic movie storyline, yeah, where the person... It's, it's a classic, like, sitcom trope. Yeah, yeah, okay, because Community does um, a whole episode on that, um, where Arvid mm. falls in... Uh, Arvid goes on two dates to the ball or something, or with the cloakroom girl, and played by yeah, yeah, yeah. Brie, Brie Larson. <laughs> yeah, and he actually... Arvid does it because he wants to play out that trope. That's right. And so, then we... Oh, that was awkward. After you. Uh, so then we cut back to um, to Bojack and PB, who are now figuring out what to do with the Hollywood D. Peanut Butter's offered to help Bojack. But I love how the scene is them planning on how to get rid of the D. And um, they're drinking coffee. And PB's like, this coffee hasn't perked me up, which is unusual. And Bojack's like, it's because it's got Baileys in it. Bojack goes, sure, it's been terrible for ideas, but it's been great for camaraderie. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I love that line because it's so true about the first, like the, the glow of alcohol making camaraderie a lot easier. Definitely. How many like best friends have you made? And then never spoke to him again. <laughs> like, I'm going to call you, man. Oh my God, we're best friends now. Pass me the Baileys. Um <laughs> I, remember, I remember I got invited to a party once by a... a by a, well, I didn't know the person throwing the party, but a friend of mine invited me to the party. And I was like, sweet. And I like, grabbed some drinks and I turned up to this party. And I was like, okay, I'm here. Woo. And then it turned out to be a LAN party. Oh no. <laughs> and I was like, well, fuck it. I'm here now. Yeah, still, still, still fun. I didn't have a computer. I didn't have anything to play. Oh, game right. On. So you just stayed and got drunk at a yeah, LAN party. I just stayed party. and got drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I woke up in the morning and I had somebody's like email address in my pocket. I had a vague memory of being next to one of these guys and like talking to him for like half an hour or maybe, I don't know, who could have been hours and being like, we should be friends. Like, what's your email address? <laughs> and back then your email address would have been like binge underscore night rider 69 at hotmail.com <laughs> this was something like that yeah it was like it was like you know manual car booster boy and i was like oh okay uh, uh, anyway so bojack decides to like has to cause a, a distraction so that 
Mr. Peanut Butter can take the D back and like get rid of it with his helicopter yeah. that he just bought in the pissing contest. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I'm going to cause a destruction by throwing out money. And uh, everybody, look, I'm giving away money. And everyone's like, ah, there aren't any dollars. We don't, like, what's this? Like, come back when you got real money. And then Beyonce. Oh, one of my favorite gags is coming up, man. (laughs) Really? It's interesting. And she slips on it. And then she hurts herself. And... And the news reporter's like, oh, beloved singer Beyonce has had caused herself an injury. and uh, But no need to worry. We have it on good authority that she is a survivor. And there's like a few jokes in a uh, row. Oh, yeah, yeah. Music. And then my favorite one is, I believe she fell on all the single dollars. All the single dollars. All the single dollars. Well, that's so bills, interesting. bills, bills, bills. I, I'm sorry, but that's, I uh, do not think that's hilarious. No, I have that as like one of the, I literally wrote, all the single dollars joke is bad. Oh my one god! One of the rare total misses in Bojack. I paused it and went back just so I could write it down. I liked it so much. I just <laughs> do not like that joke. I just, it's too heavy. All the single dollars? All the single dollars. <laughs> All the single dollars. Bills, bills, bills. What does that mean? Like, there's no reason for them to be saying bills, bills, bills. Oh uh, it's, man, it's, it's pr- sorry, it's, it's probably quite a highbrow joke. I'm not going to explain it to uh, you. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably what it is. If you're listening and you know the joke we're talking about, is it a shit joke? Is it a funny joke? Or is it a shit joke that's funny? <laughs> yeah, those are the three options, really. <laughs> Mr. Peanut Butter delivers the D to his house and presents it to Diane at a press conference. And this is kind of the beginning of the end of Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane's relationship because Diane hates, hates, hates all the attention. Yeah, she hates grand gestures and shit, eh? Yeah, and she just jumps in a car and leaves. And she goes to Bojack and she's like, I just, I hated this. And he was like, no, no, of course you did. You want something like an iPod full of your favorite podcasts or a, a photo book with all the emails and photos that you've saved. Or, a, non, saved from. or a nondescript house plant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which um, I love that. Something, <laughs> something that shows that you, that he knows you. And she kind of, you get the sense that she's making up her mind to almost break up with him. Yeah, yeah. And she goes back to the house and he sits her down and says, look, I know that was a bit over the top and I'm, I'm really sorry about that. So look, I've, I've made this photograph album full of emails and photos of us uh, and I want to give that to you. And also, will you marry me? Because as I said at the beginning, nothing saves a relationship like engagement. <laughs> uh, to be fair, having a kid... that's true was that loaded and pointed in my direction (laughs) no 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 i'm also because i totally got engaged to try and put a band-aid on a relationship for not my not my wife by the way my my wife's my marriage to my wife was the best thing i've ever done the prior engagement the the pretend one that i did to put a band-aid on a relationship yeah but you you know i did the same thing yeah of course you did we're both fucking dicks yeah (laughs) idiots stupid idiots um, do you know, this is probably a nice little segue, actually, into uh, a bit that Bojack says coming up that really resonates with me. Talking about putting band-aids on bad relationships and stuff. He leaves Diane a, a voicemail, and one of the things he says, and it's one of the most genuine things that I think Bojack ever says, as a lot of the things that he says to Diane turn out to be, is that he says that, um, I actually kind of hate myself a lot of the time, but when I'm with you, I don't hate myself. And it's that line just resonates with me so hard. I find that so mm. relatable 
as and the way he delivers it is so genuine and it's such a grounded delivery and it, it really sticks with me in terms of Bojack's character development and how he thinks about Diane as a person and what she can do for him. Mm. I guess it's it's a it is powerful. There is a fine line between feeling like you are the best version of yourself when you're with somebody. Yeah, yeah. And relying on somebody in order to feel good about yourself. Oh, a hundred percent. And one of those is toxic and one of those is productive. Yeah, but it's a very fine line, I think. See, I took that, I, I guess, from... I just applied it to what it meant to me, and it was in relation to my to my wife, who, when I see myself how she sees me, I don't yeah. hate myself. Whereas, you're probably right, knowing Bojack, it's probably because she just makes him feel good, and so he stops hating himself for a brief period of time. But yeah. it's what he believes in that moment that I find really genuine, and it is one of those, totally. one of those moments where... I actually really feel for Bojack. I don't I, like because he's such a horrible person so much of the time. It's one of those moments where I'm like, oh, I actually really feel for you there, dude. It's so genuine, and what you're believing is so, mm. you know. I think that in a way to put it more productively, it would be: Do they make you feel good about yourself at the in the moment, or yeah, do they yeah. make you want to work on yourself and be the best version of yourself? Be the version of yourself that they see. That's the difference. It's yeah, like, I think with Bojack, if you look at him, if he did get with Diane at this point, six months, three months down the line, he would be hating himself again and blaming all of his problems on Diane. Oh, of course. He'll be doing that by the time he finishes leaving the voicemail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what Diane does give to him is, more than anything, a realization that he doesn't have to be a shitty person. But he doesn't take that on board in, in, in any more deep way than just the surface that concept makes him feel good whereas if yeah. he actually took that and applied that it would be different but he doesn't exactly and so in the theme of you know toxic relationships uh diane says yes to mr peanut butter and they get engaged and <laughs> yeah yeah really interestingly bojack is the first person that we see diane tell yeah she immediately leaves oh yeah so after she agrees to marry and mr peanut butter he's like she said yes and like at a big party comes out completely undoing everything yeah 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 that led up to her saying yes but now she's already said yes she can't be like no wait what this, this is all about a party this was all in front of people i take it back so she leaves the party and calls bojack and tells her that she's engaged um which uh i guess the ending of this episodes is is really interesting i guess you know what there was a lot more to talk about in this episode than we yeah thought, yeah there really run, was like way over already <laughs> so. I, I, I like how when she um she calls him though he's just oh she goes i saw you left a message or he says he just left a message on her answer phone and he once he finds out that she's engaged to mr peanut butter he obviously doesn't want to listen to the message so he says just delete it it's a drunken recipe for bunt cake now yeah. I, I I'd never heard of bunt cake, but it's like a it's I, I googled it. It's like a, a cake that has a specific round shape, like a bowl kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. I think I I only know about it because of my love for Great British Bake Off. So. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah. Then finally, we go back to the we go back to the Todd's story. He's and, about I mean, to be curb stopped. He's about to be curb stopped. That's the end, really. Because well, the helicopter smashes into the building or something, eh, and releases all the prisoners. In true yeah. true cartoon, we reminded after Bojack doing all that half out shit and a really grounded moment that, hey guys, this is a stupid cartoon. Yeah, we need to be reminded. 
if I was to say to somebody like watch BoJack Horseman because I've heard so many times people say once you get past episode six or whatever you know like a certain episode of the first season that's when it really kicks in nah see I don't get that I, I really don't but as I said when we did I think episode two with the um the dibs episode with the war veteran the navy seal yeah um to me I'm like always remembered that being so much further into the show because to me that's a that's a classic excellent near perfect bojack episode so i don't yeah i don't get the whole you know because like i know i've mentioned community already this episode and what we've talked about watching community before but for me that's a show where i'm like get through the first three episodes and then community really starts finding its vibe i don't yeah i don't get that with bojack man i'm like watch the first episode and if you don't like that then you probably won't like bojack <laughs> <laughs> i guess it might be different for people who don't watch animated stuff as much yeah maybe I know that I've referenced a community again, but it was quite poignant because the first name that popped up at the end of this episode as a special guest was, um, uh, Nicole Brown? Nicole Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she voiced Beyonce in that episode. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. That's, I did hear it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. I'd literally just been rambling about community as I always am at any opportunity because I think it's underrated as all fuck. It's gotten a lot bigger since it came out on Netflix. Though. Yeah, which is great. And also I think Dan Harmon's success through Rick Morty has also helped yeah, yeah. people be like I'm like if you want to watch like a, a way better version of Rick and Morty go watch Community um, <laughs> <laughs> and Donald Glover of course like, oh so many good you know, performances in Community Danny Pudi is Brie oh Alison Brie uh, D- Danny Pudi is the most underrated comedy actor of all time yeah he's a brilliant he's so good I think he's just such a deep actor like he's so into it it's such a shame that his career sort of fizzled out he was in another I think ABC sitcom that only did like one season after Community and it's such a waste he also did you forget that he did do a cameo in one of the Avengers movies so oh he did too out. yeah he played like a guy <laughs> at a comm station or yeah, something yeah. Eh? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, did, I did know that but he's such a that's such a waste of that dude's talent because he is yeah. watching all the stuff that his character goes through and all the references and like his impersonations like his Christian Bale Batman it, I, I have not seen someone who does that <laughs> as well as Christian like copies Christian Bale as well as Danny Pudi so look up Danny Pudi and watch Community yeah do it do it, please. So good. Watch Community. It's been a really interesting episode, especially after last week when we had Celine Dam come on and talk about, you know, pretty heavy stuff. We've had some laughs today. We have. We have. Well, I, I, I mean, I have a, a joke that you wrote down was the worst joke ever. And I was like, <laughs> couldn't wait to laugh with you about how good that joke was. So I've got a lot of feelings to go and nurse once we finish recording, but that's cool. Yeah, well... It sucks. So, sorry about that. <laughs> um, I, this has been fun. I've enjoyed doing another episode. Everyone... Okay, you want a good version of that joke? The good version of that joke is from The Other Guys. It's one of my all-time favorite comedy movies yeah. ever made by far. Brilliant movie. <laughs> and it has, oh shit, what's his name? Batman. Uh, oh, Michael Keaton, who steals that Michael movie, Keaton, man. Big time. Who steals that movie. And he does... Oh, like, TLC he does references the... constantly. Yeah, yeah. Hey, now... Don't go chasing waterfalls. And, and they're like, like are, are, you, you, are you doing that on purpose? And he's, like, <laughs> and he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he's always so genuine. Yeah, you're right. That's a much better version of that joke. Um, yeah, that's a good version of that joke. Yeah, yeah, I that just, really like, is. The single dollars version was a bit eh. he, he does it throughout the whole movie as well. And then he's always so unsure of what they're talking about. When they're like, you're doing it again. You're quoting TLC. The other guys, another incredibly underrated film. I think it's... Such a good film. Oh, man. It, the, 
every element of that film and michael keaton the scene where he's uh, whisper yelling at them at a funeral is one of the greatest <laughs> comedic performances of all time and uh, please look it up even if you just look up the other guy's funeral scene i uh, watch the movie yeah watch, watch the, movie. the movie it's on Netflix. it is goofy as shit yeah. but it's so funny yeah okay um, great <laughs> all right anyway that's the end of episode six twitter reddit Leave a review. And stay safe out there, all you people who are dealing with um, communities plagued by this virus. You know, be kind to you each know, other. Which is literally everybody yeah, in the yeah. world. Be, so. ki- be kind to each other, though. Stop being dicks and stop thinking you know more than um, scientists. Yeah, like if you need to wear a mask, just wear a mask. Yeah. Just wear the mask. Yeah. I don't understand how it's any more imposing on your freedoms than driving on the correct side of the road because that's the safe thing to do. Wearing a seatbelt. I mean, that's the that's the most obvious parallel. Wearing a seatbelt. People, when seatbelts came out, they were like, "I don't want to wear a seatbelt. Ah, what if I want to? What if I want to lean forward while I'm driving? <laughs> <laughs> like, how am I supposed to do that?" And now they're like, "A mask. But what if I want to? What if I want to uh, eat a taco? How am I supposed to eat a taco with the mask on? Look, it just goes right into the. And now my lettuce is everywhere. Tacos are messy enough without a mask. I feel you, but with a fucking mask. Um, <laughs> 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 oh, anyway, on that note, thank you. Thank everybody you for listening. listening. It's, we, been, it's been a lot of fun. We do really, really enjoy doing this podcast, and you know, we really appreciate that we have got a few regular listeners who seem to be enjoying it. Either that, or they hate themselves and are forcing themselves through it every week. But that's on you. Either way, we're getting the stats of listeners. So thank you. Yeah, that's true. Uh, if you think it is really, really bad, maybe suggest it to like Guantanamo Bay as something they can play to torture the people there. It's podcast uh, night Wednesdays in Gwitmo. <laughs> <laughs> Please, not Bojack Horseman not, again. Not again. No. Oh my God. These guys. Not oh the God. horse friends. Oh my God. Oh wait, there's a really good Beyonce joke in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> And if you do think you have ADHD, there's nothing wrong with that. But go talk to a psychologist or a doctor. Don't just do an online test. I got diagnosed with adult ADHD when I was like 19. And I told my family and they were like, no. (laughs) 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 All right, guys. Okay. Anyway, uh, thank you very much for listening. I've been Ben. I am Ashton. You done? Yeah, I, 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 yep. Nice. Podcast end. Goodbye.